welcome back to the McGregor Podcast, the Passion Week special. And this week we've been taking a walk through the last week in the public ministry of Jesus before he goes to the cross on Friday. Yesterday, Wednesday, I shared that that Wednesday has been frustrating for those who would do what I'm doing, attempt to break down that last week in the earthly ministry of Jesus because we don't have a word about Wednesday. The assumption is that he spent the day out at Bethany, a small town outside of Jerusalem with his lifelong friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But that's just an assumption. Thursday, frankly, we don't have much until the afternoon. And in the afternoon, Jesus approaches again into Jerusalem. And he arranges to secure the use of, a, of an upstairs room. We now call it the upper room. It has sort of taken a place in the vocabulary of, of New Testament study. A borrowed room where he could, for the last time, uh, enjoy the Jewish Passover meal with his disciples. And in the course of that meal, he, he undertakes... Um, a couple of, of very, very significant leadership lessons. The washing of the disciples' feet, which is recorded in John chapter 13, is probably the most poignant leadership lesson in the entire New Testament. Some even have taken it to be the initiation of an ordinance, since it comes about the same time, the same evening, sort of back-to-back against the initiation of the Lord's Supper. I, I gently disagree, but it is a significant lesson. Then he initiates the Lord's Supper, that ordinance of the church where we take the, the cup and the bread and remember him. Right after the Lord's Supper, Judas departs. The Lord uh, calls him out in front of the other disciples as the one who is a betrayer, and Judas flees the room. We know that Judas goes to uh, secure the temple police to come and arrest Jesus. Just as a sort of a point of clarification in Bible trivia, what what Judas sold to the Jewish authorities was how to get Jesus in private. Throughout the whole week, or at least most of the week, Jesus still maintains a good bit of public popularity, and the city was swollen with Passover pilgrims to probably well more than a million people. And there was no photography, there was certainly no videography, and so there was um, no way to circulate a picture of Jesus. And arresting him in the temple when he was surrounded by crowds was going to be catalytic to a riot, and you can't cause a riot. What the, what the authorities did not know is how can they get their hands on Jesus in a private enough setting that they can get away with his arrest without stirring up a riot. Judas knew that. It was that piece of intel, if you will, that Judas sold to the Jewish leadership for that 30 pieces of silver. And as we go on into the night, Jesus leaves the upper room, and now it's probably, give or take, midnight. And he goes to a a garden. It's an olive tree grove at the base of the Mount of Olives, sort of in in a valley between the Mount of Olives on the one side and the Temple Mount, edge of this old city of Jerusalem on the other. And we are going to join that that moment in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, beginning in verse 32. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. 
And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even the death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Do you understand what he's asking the Father there? Uh, in very, very informal language, not to be disrespectful. In a sense, this is, this is perhaps the most dangerous prayer ever prayed. Because he's saying to the Father, if you've got a plan B, now would be good. Jesus, who in his deity understood himself to be slain from before the foundation of the universe, here in his humanity, is, um, is concerned. The hours ahead are going to be horrible if he follows through in obedience. That he was going to follow through in obedience is never actually in doubt. But he's begging the Father, if there's another way, launch it now. That reassures me because there have been so many times when I have taken prayers to the Father that, that hindsight has taught me. I was, I was praying for something that God was not going to do. I was praying for something that was, in fact, not consistent with the Father's will. And that's not sin. It is not sin to ask God the Father a question where the answer is no. How do I know it's not sin? Because Jesus never sinned. And here he's praying something, and the answer for it was no. And I take great comfort in that. And oh, 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 how eternally important it is that he stayed resolved to the statement, what you will, at the end of verse 36. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour, verse 38, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And at that point, he is taken and arrested. We've been talking recurringly this week about the times when Jesus disappoints us and we don't, we don't get our way. And I don't want to make too much of it here because there's to use the word disappointment is probably inappropriate, but certainly it's the case in this moment that Jesus himself doesn't get something that he asks the Father about. And it's certainly the case that the disciples disappoint Jesus by their um, inability to even stay awake and pray with him through this, the most difficult night in his life. In fact, the most difficult night he had faced from eternity past as the cross looms closer and closer. Thank you, God, for the love of Jesus Christ for sinners, that even as three of his closest earthly friends couldn't even stay awake with him, he stayed resolved and committed to his Father's will. Guys, before I let you go, I want to remind you again, there are a couple other podcasts that we're introducing, and I want you to check out 
A quick look at this one. It's Here at Home, hosted by Mark Bricker. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Bricker. There are a lot of things happening around McGregor, but have you ever stopped to think about who is doing what around here? And more importantly, what kind of impact is it making for God's kingdom? Well, this is your podcast to learn about the people here at McGregor and to hear their stories, learn about their ministry and their love for Jesus. The Here at Home podcast is now available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe. Also, check us out at hereathomepodcast.com. We invite you to sit in and get to know more about our church family here at home. I hope by now you've subscribed to our podcast, but if you haven't, now would be a good time to do that. Go ahead and subscribe. And if you want to check out more of our podcast ministry, go to mcgregorpodcast.com. Look forward to being with you again tomorrow. Thank you.